Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast, bringing gospel-centered clarity and insight to the whole person. Here, you will find conversations about real issues that we face every day, and thoughts on how to move toward health in Jesus in the middle of those issues. Hosting today's podcast, Jeff Ballard and Ryan Berg, Soul Care Pastors at College Park Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome back to the Soul Care Matters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Berg. Jeff Ballard is out today, and we have a first for the Soul Care Matters podcast today. Not only do we have a very special guest in studio with us today, but we also have a guest host today. With me today in studio, co-hosting is Marla Rogup, or Rogup, depending on how you pronounce it. She is a Soul Care resident that works with us here at College Park Church, and she is going to be conducting today's episode of the Soul Care Matters podcast. Marlo, tell us a little bit about what a day in the life of a Soul Care resident is. Well, Ryan, that is a bit of a confusing question. Um, It can kind of vary. Uh, I do a lot of individual counseling, but I'm also helping with the development of the recover ministry, the partnership between College Park and New Day. I'm also involved in some group counseling and getting to learn from fellow biblical counselors on staff, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think that sort of scratches the surface on what Marla does. Marla does a lot. She's been a real answer to prayer, and we're glad to have her in the ministry and hosting today's episode. So, Marla, with that, I'm going to give it to you. Take it away. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Well, today we're going to be talking about a really important um, discussion on body image. And this topic is honestly near and dear to my heart. As the last three to four years, I've been working in residential treatment centers and group homes with teen girls. And it's just something that I have seen a lot of. And it played a big part in their story. Just to kind of give you guys a image of what um, a body image struggle could look like. Um, And I'm going to share a quote from Julie Lowe, a faculty member of the Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. So she said, those who struggle this way feel they are constantly being measured and judged by others. It is as if everywhere they turn, there is a mirror in front of them. Worse, the mirror is a carnival mirror, distorting their real appearance. They see elongated arms, shortened ankles, a widened waist, a huge forehead. The image they see is not only a distortion of who they are, it is a distortion of where their true value lies. This can play out in different ways, but one example is disordered eating. The National Institute of Mental Health states that this can affect people of all different backgrounds, and it is more prevalent in women, but men also are impacted by that. And so, I'm just really excited to get to introduce our guest today, Natalie Myers, um, and she's going to share with us some of her story. Uh, Natalie is a kindergarten teacher at a charter school. Um, She is a college parker, and she is a biblical counselor in our student ministry program. She is also married to Kevin Myers, who you've probably seen leading worship and also was on a previous podcast. Natalie, I'm going to give it to you, just just if you would be willing to share some of your story. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I know that soul care has been a huge part of my story, and so I'm so excited to be able to share just a little bit of insight on um, my story and how body image has kind of led me to who I am today. I like to think of my struggles with body images kind of like a collaborative Google document. It's still in the works. Um, and a lot of people have helped 
me to overcome a lot of the struggles that I've had. But I'd like to kind of go back to growing up. I know that for a lot of people who are around my age, um, millennials specifically, we grew up kind of in a time where we were told that people's opinions of us were based on how we looked, mm-hmm. um, specifically with maybe how men viewed us or certain things within modesty culture. And I think that that kind of triggered in me this way of seeing how my image and how I controlled how I looked could control how other people viewed me. Mm. Not to say that we shouldn't be modest or we shouldn't um, dress professionally or look a certain way, but just the idea itself purely of how I can control how other people view me and their actions are based upon how I look. It's just really from a young age triggered me into kind of things that I've struggled with since I was an adolescent. I grew up in the 2000s when everyone wanted to be this very skinny Victoria's Secret model um, type of person where you almost looked like a waif and unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was something that a lot of girls my age desired to be. I think that from around the time that I was in high school, I desired to be very thin. I wanted to be thin because I thought that it would make people like me. I think that something that I found to be true about my story is that in every season when I was struggling with something or I wanted to fit in or I wanted people to like me, I would use how I wanted to control my body image or control how I looked as a way to control that situation. I wanted to control the way I looked so that people would want me to fit or I'd be able to fit in. Mm-hmm. I wanted to control how I looked so that boys would like me. I wanted to control how I looked so that people that I worked with would think that I was attractive. Um, and I think that that really brought me to a place when I was in my early 20s of putting a lot of my worth in body image and honestly leading me to having anorexia and having extremely disordered eating. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where a lot of my story led to. So, yeah. Yeah. Natalie, thank you so much for sharing that and just your willingness to be vulnerable. Um, I think a lot of people, especially teen girls, would relate to that. Um, did you see that, um, imp- like, how did you see that impact your relationships with your parents, with your friends, um, with maybe individuals you dated? What did that look like? Yeah, I think that, um, it almost affected me more than I feel like it affected other people. Mm-hmm. When you are in this place where kind of like you said in your quote, you feel like everyone's watching you, everyone's looking at you. You're so in tune to how your body looks or you're constantly body checking or always wanting to eat less than other people or Mm. be skinnier than be the skinniest person in the room. It almost affects you more than it Mm. affects your other relationships. And I feel like people don't necessarily, at least for me, people didn't realize what was going on. Mm. They just saw someone who wanted to get fit or lost 30 pounds by working out a lot. Um, But in reality, I think that a lot of that was more just me and I didn't project Mm -hmm. that onto other people. That sounds really hard. I mean, it it sounds like you, 
yeah, from the outside, it looked like you maybe had things together and you know, that's what you were wanting people to mm-hmm. see. But then in the inside, I mean, I would imagine that would feel really lonely. Right. And I think that we see, too, a lot of times when people think of body image, we think of two extremes. We think of the person who um, maybe really struggles with having um, – I'm trying to put this, maybe they have a bigger body size. And so we think of that or we think of like the person who's anorexic, who's in like a treatment Mm -hmm, facility. mm -hmm. And we don't really think of the in-between, right? And I think that a lot of times for me, people never would have thought that Mm -hmm. I struggled with disordered eating or things like that. Because from the outside, it looked like I had a normal body Mm -hmm. type. I was eating, maybe it wasn't enough, but I was Mm -hmm. eating. And so I think that Yeah, kind of acknowledging that it's not just the two extremes. Mm -hmm. Most people struggle with body image, and honestly, disordered eating is really normalized in our society. Mm -hmm. That's really insightful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people could benefit from maybe opening our eyes a little bit to that of how much we can miss people um, in our struggles because we want to kind of hide those. Can, Can I ask a question? So Marla and I are sharing a mic, so bear with us. So you just said you just made a statement. Disordered eating is really normalized in our society. Could you define what you mean by that? Yeah, I think that it is so common to want to lose weight. I think that every adult, adolescent, teen in their life has probably wanted to lose weight or um, struggled with the idea of I'm too skinny or I'm um, too heavy. And I think that disordered eating can manifest itself in many ways. I think that we live in a society of diet culture where from a young age we're told, um, you don't need cake. You don't need cake. Mm -hmm. That's bad for you. I'm being bad because I had a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in its core is disordered eating because we associate those words like good and bad with our worth. Maybe we don't realize that. But then mm-hmm. it becomes that almost attaching moral value to yeah. to food. Yeah, and I and that's not all. I mean, the disordered eating is I, and I am not an expert. So I am a kindergarten teacher, not a nutritionist. But I think that you know a lot of just almost any diet that you see cleanses, detoxes. Mm-hmm. Um, whole 30, even that's controversial. You might want to cut that out, (laughs) but anything that you're eliminating or restricting yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can see results quickly, I would say is disordered eating. It's helpful. Yeah. So Natalie, what has been for you the most helpful in your journey? Yeah, I think that I almost got to this point where I was just, I had a realization of, wow, I really have a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, I would spend like 15 minutes in the bread aisle looking at the nutrition facts on the back of loaves of bread to make sure there wasn't added sugar or soybean oil or all these things where I kind of just one day, me and Kevin were in the grocery store and I was like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. This is not a normal thing to do. Um, And I think that from there, it's been a few years since that point. I think that, like I said, it's still a work in progress. I definitely still have moments. Um, But the first thing that I really, really wanted to do was acknowledge, um, or not acknowledge, but 
find out where and why I was standing 15 minutes in the bread aisle looking at nutrition facts. You don't just get to that point, right? Something in my brain was working and telling me that I needed to do that, but I didn't quite know why. And so I think that something that was really helpful was um, finding a counselor Mm -hmm. um, that could talk through these things with me, who could share truth. Um, Finding truth and facts was also something that was really helpful. Um, I spent a lot of time researching dietitianists, nutritionists, meeting with them, um, just to learn a lot about the truth of weight gain um, and about things that were true about my body, how much nutrients my body needed, and just finding real facts. Mm -hmm. That was a game changer for me to hear someone tell me, like, this is how many calories you need to be eating for your body type, for your height, for your age. And like, it's okay. Like, Mm -hmm. you have permission to eat food. You don't need to spend, you know, all your time thinking about what you can and cannot eat. Like we can eat food. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really helpful. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of Christian, um, nutritionists who have faith-based programs and Mm -hmm. training and things that are really helpful. And I can write the name down those for you. Um, I think those two things were just really helpful. Also, thinking about um, my relationship with Christ through all of it, I think that my main prayer was just peace. Finding within that, like I said, finding the root, um, going through and finding or asking God for just peace on why I was struggling with these things. Um, Asking God for peace for um, why I felt like I was in control in every situation I would think that I was in control of how other people viewed me by how I could control my body. But knowing that I couldn't control Christ, I couldn't control what he thought of me. I was valued in his eyes. I was loved in his eyes. I am loved in his eyes, (laughs) (laughs) but just having that hope and remembering. And some days are harder than others. You know, it's not always, sometimes it's just hard. Like having struggles with body image is just hard. But I think that taking those steps of finding the root and asking God to heal you from that is just, yeah, that was really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's not a one time and done, but it's a process. Of course. Yes, absolutely. So Natalie, I know this is, a you know, as we said, a process. And so there's not a perfect, you know, pretty answer to these things. But if you're willing to share, I would love to hear what your, um, just what it looks like for you to turn to the Lord um, when you're struggling. Yeah. I think that one season that really comes to mind where, um, my struggles with body image were really amplified was when I was in my early twenties and I was really struggling with singleness. I remember just being almost miserable every day, bringing Mm -hmm. it to the Lord and feeling like I didn't have answers. Mm -hmm. And so what did I turn to? I turned to controlling how I looked. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was so empty. There was no result from that because like I said before, I can't control what other people thought of me. So I really had this time of God speaking to me and saying, this is not how we get me to do things, speaking in God's point of view. It was almost this realization of like, just because I am trying to control something myself does not mean that God is going to answer that by changing my situation Mm -hmm. and realizing that, okay, I am really upset that I am single and 
I'm living that out by Mm -hmm. trying to control how I look and trying to control how others perceive me, but feeling the emptiness of that by knowing that Mm -hmm. that's not how God moves. And at the same time, that was freeing of like, wow, I can't control how other people think of me by controlling my body. And I am single, but looking at it as God is in control, you are not. He is holy. I'm not. That is so good. I resonate with with that and just wanting certain seasons to be over, and yet we don't have control over that. Um, yeah. And it almost seems like a both and, like there's that struggle, and yet this freedom, like you said, in right. knowing we're not alone in that and walking yeah. in that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Natalie, thank you so much for just being willing to share your story and, you know, not just with us, but the listeners. And just as we transition, I want to, you know, for those who are listening, I'm curious how you would, what you would say to somebody who would come to you and just say, man, I am just really struggling and I am feeling kind of hopeless about my experience with body image. What would you share with them? Yeah, I think that something that I always used to turn to was just focusing on the truth, Um, focusing on the truth that we know from the Lord, that we are valued and loved um, by Him first and foremost. I think that secondly, I would really encourage people to seek truth about their own body. Like I mentioned earlier, meeting with a dietitian or a nutritionist, a counselor, um, just to seek out what is true for their body. Every body is different, and um, that's such a blessing from the Lord. But when we start comparing ourselves with people who are a foot shorter than us, or Mm -hmm. maybe they have an athletic build, we're never going to win. And so I think that finding truth about our own bodies can also be really freeing. Something else that's kind of maybe a little different than people might expect me to say is go through your social media. Mm. Something that was so helpful for me and still is helpful for me. I'm realizing every day is there are people that I follow because I think they're fun or I like their fashion that actually were making me feel terrible about myself. And I didn't know it. I would just scroll through and be like, Oh, I love how they look. or I love that. And I would want to look just like them without even realizing it. And that was really detrimental to my body image. Mm. And so Instead, I unfollowed all those people, not that they were bad, but they were just triggering me a little bit. Mm. And so I replaced those people with people who were more positive about body image and people who were spreading truth about just disordered eating and things like that. And that was Mm. so helpful. So those are just a few things that I would say to maybe start there. Seek that truth. Yeah, that's that just makes so much sense. And it's so relevant. I know. Even for me personally, it can be really difficult to go on social media and not play the comparison game, mm-hmm. especially when we do tend to put our best face forward right. on social media. Exactly. It's so hard to relate to. Mm-hmm. So you kind of covered this a little bit, but if somebody was just looking for some words of encouragement, what would you, maybe two or three things that you would want to tell them specifically I think that something that is really encouraging to know is that it's a process. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to change overnight. We, as women, I feel like struggle with body image from, and men, struggle Mm -hmm. with body image from a very young age. And 
that's not going to change overnight. It is a process. You're collaborative Google Doc, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I think that knowing that and just having peace with that, like it is a process. God will heal me of this, but it might be five years, 10 years. And just having grace with yourself, I think, is a huge thing, too. Having grace with yourself that some days will be hard and some days won't be. Some days you will put things fully at God's feet and some days you might be mad. I think having grace with yourself is something that I also had to really learn through this entire process. I think that also giving yourself permission to come to the Lord in prayer in full vulnerability, just journaling your thoughts and cares and how you're feeling and just laying that all at the Lord's feet is so freeing. No, nothing is too small for him. Um, And I think remembering that a lot of times the body image can feel like such a selfish thing, like something that's so internal um, and something that we're so in tune to. But bringing that to him and just acknowledging that it's a real struggle is also something that I would encourage others to do. Yeah, I just... I so appreciate your authenticity, Natalie. And I think I heard somebody just the other day telling me that they thought emotion was all bad and that it was unbiblical. And we were able to turn to the Psalms and see Mm -hmm. what it looks like to cry out. And that just sounds like what you're even expressing. So I have one more question from me. Um, Ryan may have more, but I was just wondering, you know, as the body of Christ, we're called to bear each other's burdens and care for one another. And I'm curious from you, what are some helpful ways for fellow believers in the church to come alongside someone wrestling with disordered eating or body image? I think that something that is really helpful um, for other just believers and people in the church coming alongside is just praying for peace, first of all, just peace of your mind to not be so in tune to every single little thing about your body. I think something that's also really helpful is body comments just need to stop as a society. Mm -hmm. Even mentioning if people lose weight, that was a big trigger for me um, and honestly kept my eating disorder fueling because I wanted, if people noticed that I lost weight, they would surely notice if I gained weight. Mm-hmm. So any body comments, positive or negative, I feel like as a society and as a church culture, um, just maybe don't use them would be really helpful. But as for prayer and things like that, yeah, I feel just praying for peace, praying that that control would be let go in our minds of the control that we have over our bodies and realizing that God is ultimately in control and has what's best for us in store. Thank you so much, Natalie. That is helpful for even me personally to hear uh, as we can just be aware of how we can love each other well. Yeah. So thank you. So Natalie, thank you for doing this and for sharing your story. I think it's super helpful. Um, So I don't really have a question. I guess I have two really quick observations. And if you have anything you want to share, feel free Number one, one thing that we um, kind of rehearse a lot around here on the podcast is that God made us body and soul and what affects one affects the other. And I feel like you've painted a really good picture of that for us today about how body image issues affected you spiritually and how spiritual issues can affect you physiologically, right? And 
I love the way that you have painted the the picture that the important thing to kind of insert into that equation is truth. Truth about here's how God looks at me. Here's what he thinks. Here's what he doesn't think. Sometimes you're just mm-hmm. dispelling the lie, right? But the other thing that I really appreciated is you saying insert truth, actual facts. Because how many of us, I this happened to me the other day. I was on Instagram posting something for this podcast and an ad pops up on Instagram and it was like something along the lines of like men in Indianapolis, Indiana are losing weight with these three tricks. And I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was like, I want to know what they are. <laughs> but then I was like, that's weird. I'm not going to do that. And, and but But like there's something appealing about that, right? But like those aren't facts. Like the chances are they're trying to sell me something, right? So like that's not a fact. So um, what I heard you say was talk to a nutrition a nutritionist, maybe a dietitian. Natalie, I'm just so grateful that you came and shared this with us. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that can relate. It's actually one of the topics that we have had people write in about and say that they wanted to have covered. And I imagine this will not be the only time that we will talk about this on the show. But thank you so much for being here and for sharing. Marla, thanks so much for doing an excellent job hosting. For our regular listeners, remember to like and comment and share the podcast with others. Also, we're on social media now, so it's a good thing to look at on social media. (laughs) So look for at CPC Soul Care Matters on Facebook and Instagram and uh, join the community. We're starting to have some good conversation there. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to the Soul Care Matters podcast, a ministry of College Park Church. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or show topic ideas at soulcarematterspod at gmail.com.